1: G'day, guys. It is I, Lyle Swithenbank, back with another installment of the Pelican Scoop, a hoop-ball.com presentation. Guys, I've, I've had a sleep, I've had a bit of a. I've had, a, had some food, and, um, you know, I'm refreshed and chirpy, and today's a new day. You know, we, uh, we've forgotten yesterday uh, the defeat. I'm not going to say, oh, you better. The defeat of the Suns um, obviously wasn't. Fantastic uh, day, but uh, we've re- we've recovered and we're onto the next. You know, we've got the thunder coming up on New Year's Eve for the people in the US. Otherwise, it'll be New Year's Day for us, and um, the podcast might be a little bit delayed on on that one. Once I've had a chance to uh, wake up and recover and uh, put it all together and watch the game, so looking forward to that nonetheless, guys. Today, I know we had one yesterday, but we've got another podcast today because we've landed a very special guest. And this guy is all over it. So this is Elliot Clough from Pelicans Plus Podcast, uh, a boot crew media presentation. Fantastic chat. I'm going to bring him straight in. Elliot, how are you going? Lyle, thanks so much for having me,
2: man. You got the last name right and everything. You've clearly been listening to Pelicans Plus. <laughs> I appreciate it, man.
1: Mate, I'm all over it, you know. So I think I've only done, what, nine or ten episodes now, but yeah, as soon as it comes out, I'm all over it. Honestly, gets me through my work day. Um, for me, it comes out, if, I mean, guys, do it after the games or, or just before um, in in the US, so for me, that's a work day, so straight on, just bashing out, <laughs> work, listening <laughs> to Pels content, it, so yeah, no, keep it going, it's awesome. Um, so what's been happening, how you been going, looking after yourself, staying safe?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard this on the pod or, or if I have mentioned it recently, but I actually don't live in New Orleans. Mm. I live in Madison, Wisconsin, and we just got a ton of snow. Not something you guys get a whole lot of in no. Australia, I'm sure, but no. oh my gosh, man, the the roads have been crazy. And, you know, America's not doing so hot with COVID, but we're surviving. We're, we're living day by day and, and making ends meet with my other jobs. And, um, you know, I always love covering the Pels, talking Pels. So, Life uh, is, we're, we're doing solid. We're, we're doing the best we can.
1: I think that it's been a year for that. You know, it's a sort of, we're just doing the best we can. We're just ticking along and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll regroup in the in the future. We'll see. Yeah, we'll 20, hopefully
2: 2021 will be a little bit nicer to us.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's New Year's Eve here today. So I'll let you know uh, once we tick over and see what the future's <laughs> okay. like. And, uh, yeah, just let you know if it's any better. But, um, well, we're, we're here to chat. To chat pills and um and i appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us but uh not the best circumstances after yesterday's game uh would have been great against the spurs or uh, perhaps the raptors but uh yeah we we took the suns on and um i've done my little vent podcast uh yesterday but uh i've had a sleep on it and um you know we're refreshed so what did you reckon <laughs> i suppose high arching <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, that was not a pretty game, to say the least. I, I just got done recording with Ollie Cosell, the Bird Rights Editor-in-Chief of the Bird Rights. Awesome pod today. But um, looking at the stats, we were talking about it just before we started recording. 3 of 24 from 3, that's 12.5%. 9 of 18 from the free throw line, that's 50%. In the first half, Bench was outscored 22-3. to we I mean, again, we said it before we started recording – Jackson Hayes, Nicola Melley, and J.J. Redick were all on the floor at the same time. What the hell was that? This is supposed to be a different team, man, that the bench is just, it's not there, especially compared to a, such a deep team like the Phoenix Suns, and it was frustrating. It was frustrating. This team has a lot of young talent, a lot of older talent in like J.J., Eric Bledsoe, Steven Adams, and they should... They should be better. They're better on paper than what they have been this season. I will say they're out of sorts offensively. Um, The defense is coming along. This last game was was pretty rough, but they should be better than what they are at least on paper. Again, we have to keep it in context too. Four games in, this team has been together for like three weeks, so we can't get too crazy. We can't say the season's over. Nothing like that. That, that we'd be getting way too ahead of ourselves. There's 68 games left, but last night was rough. And, and uh, you know, Jay Crowder isn't going to shoot like that every single night. So there, there are um, a bunch of different things that go into this, but we have to remember four games in and the Suns for the first time in over a decade are a damn good basketball team. They're damn good.
1: Just so deep. Like even when in the, the garbage time towards the end of the game, um, you know, and they're rolling out, they're like – I don't know, 10th to 15th bloke. And they're still looking good, you know. You're sitting there and Javon Carter runs out and starts running the point like Chris Paul. And you're sitting there going, what is happening here? You know, yeah. we're sitting there going, oh, who's who's still there? Like, who wants to come right. out for a run? Um, Cam I, mean, John- I mean, Cam
2: Johnson. Cam yeah. Johnson, four of 10 from three, 18 points. Cameron Payne, who fronted Zion and then came down and hit a three. That was sick. Like... They are they are going to be a real threat. They're not, you know, they're not going to be necessarily contenders for the title right away, but they are. They're loaded. They're loaded. If there was a little more continuity, a little more, uh, a little more time together between guys like Aiton, Devin Booker, stuff like that, a few more seasons together, they'd be an even bigger threat. But I, there, I mean they could be a top five team in the West. Absolutely.
1: Oh, honestly, watching. The team come together. I mean, we went down 22 points at one point and Devin Booker and Chris Paul had scored one of – or had hit one of two free uh, field goals. And you're sitting there going, how has this happened? Like, Devin Booker (laughs) he's dropped 70 points in a game. Like, he's no slouch at all. Chris Paul's sitting there just direct. He's like like a conductor, just orchestrating. There's the ball. He had something like nine assists by that time and and one point or something. And, oh, gosh, it was – I think people underestimate how much he affects a team. I mean, look at the Thunder last year. That team was on paper, I don't know, a bunch of young guys, nothing too exciting. Maybe Gallinari was probably second best player, Stephen Adams, Um, but nothing that was sixth best in the West. And the Chris Paul effect is real, I think. It's very real. He immediately lifts a team's – he doesn't
2: necessarily raise the ceiling so much as he lifts the floor – so high. I mean, he there he's just going to win 40 plus games every year. Every Chris Paul team is going to win 40 plus games and this team, this Suns team is real, man. And, and Chris Paul makes I mean, they were real in the bubble 8-0. That was the best we've seen them play again in probably a decade. And then you add Chris Paul to this team. You add Jay Crowder. Mikhail Bridges is becoming a legitimate player in this league. Will he be a superstar? I don't think so. But he, is, he fits this team damn near perfectly. Plus 31 last night, his plus minus was. That cut on Brandon Ingram to the basket, that dunk, oh, golly. If the Pelicans had him on their roster, I might die out of happiness. He's just so talented.
1: He's a freak. Honestly, he's so good. There was one where he stepped back into a three, just, yeah, drive. Oh, no, he's not going to the basket. He stepped back into a three, splashed it. And I sat there going, nah, like, when did, <laughs> who taught him how to do that? <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, too, Pelicans had Monty Williams as a head coach in the Chris Paul era. Ultimately, you know, he was basically booed out of New Orleans, and he's a good coach. He's a really good coach and he, I mean, he's been picked by a lot of uh, media members, journalists to be coach of the year this season. And considering the jump that the Suns are going to make would not be surprised at all. If he got it.
1: Yeah, not at all. You know, he, I saw some clips of them in the bubble and the uh, you, know, Oh, maybe it was when Javon Carter actually re-signed. And, you know, that's the guy that's right down the India bench and the coach comes over and gives him a big hug. And yet yeah, you're well, you're one of our guys. I don't know if there's every coach in the league is like that in terms of this mutual respect with their players. You know, people respect you as a coach, but probably not as a bloke as well. You know, where he comes up and goes, look, you're a, you're such a good guy. We love having you here. We know what you bring. And I think as a, as a player, when you've got a coach that is so ingrained with it and and you see all these bubble highlights and the light where he's pumping them all up, they didn't expect us to be here. Look how good we did. Um, You know, Monty Williams, I think, Yeah, he's he's legit. He's all right. Um,
2: He's he's not necessarily – I mean, he's a player's coach, but he's not too because he's willing to hold guys accountable as well. It's not a pushover like Alvin Gentry, if we're being honest. mm -hmm. And the thing – I mean, I just look at his demeanor on the sideline and look at the way he talks to his players. I was watching last night, and I said, if I was in the NBA, which is a stretch because I'm 5'8 and white, (laughs) I – would like to play for that guy. Yeah. I would like to play for that guy. Yeah. He is, he is a damn good coach. And, and I think the Pels missed out.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I can sign some two way contracts. We'll sit down the end, you know, we can travel the yeah. the minimum contract, happy for it. You know, like that'd be, hey. look, what yeah. you,
2: you can, you can pay me millions of dollars to lose by 40. I'm in,
1: yeah. I can do that I'll, for you. I'll sit on the end of the bench. <laughs> I'll sit courtside <laughs> watching all the other yeah. guys. lose by 40. <laughs> yeah. I have no issues with that. No, exactly, at should. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, we've we've hyped the Suns, but I suppose on the flip side, the Bells, you know, the ESPN broadcast, uh, I don't know if it did it in the US, but in, in Australia it actually just changed games. They they just cut away and we started watching <laughs> the Kings and and Denver and um yep. you know, you know it's pretty tough uh, going when the broadcast is like, "Oh, we're a bit sick of this," and Kevin Harlan's like, "Yeah, let's get out of here." <laughs> right
2: <laughs> yeah they did the same thing uh here in, in the u.s too and i was a little upset i'm like now we get to watch kyra and willie hernan gomez you're gonna take it away from us mm. so you know they're definitely appealing to a national audience here with with tnt covering it but i uh you know i was happy with what we saw from kyra last night he was aggressive uh, i i there's been talk of Eric Bledsoe being traded and stuff like that already. We're four games in mm. and they're talking about trading Eric Bledsoe and, and fair enough. I mean, that was talked about initially, even when the drew holiday trade happened, but. I really liked Kyra coming out of this year's draft. It was, it was him one, once 13 came around him, Aaron Neesmith. And I, there might've been another guy that I'm not thinking of, thinking of off the top of my head, but I was thinking those two, if I remember correctly, Um, obviously early on, we were thinking Patrick Williams, that type of player, but then he went number four, which shocked the living hell out of me, but I like Kyra. He has been likened to De'Aaron Fox. I did that myself and he's a guy who appears to me that will remain composed no matter what, no matter the mistake, no matter what's going on. He's taken a lot from bled and Lonzo already. And I would not be upset to see him get more minutes. I, not necessarily the same amount of minutes that Eric Bledsoe gets by any means, but the Pels are deep enough at guard where that, that could work at some point. I think Kyra's got some, got a lot of development to do and he's not quite there defensively, but I like him a lot. I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, me too. And, and it was good to get a bit of a, um, I suppose a snapshot of him playing because you got to see some substantial minutes where he wasn't just coming in, in, in real garbage time. I guess, I guess it was, but it was just a bit longer extended <laughs> garbage time. Um, One thing that struck me was his patience. You know, he, he didn't seem to rush and for a rookie, you know, sometimes you're a bit jittery and oh yeah, we're not handling the ball, but he just went in the point guard mode. You know, there was that anticipation steal that he got A Um sort of guy that, if you've got that patience already, and he, we know he can go fast, but it's when you can go slow and keep your head is where I think you set yourself apart. If you've got that elite speed, but also that ability to say, all right, at the moment, I don't need to get out and sprint. I'm just going to take the ball and we're going to push up. I'm going to do a half court set and we're going to run that. Um, so, so I'm honestly, I, I didn't realize how long he was. Like he's got quite long arms and quite, like he's very uh, rangy, I guess, um, in his build. And I, I wasn't aware of that. I hadn't, I don't follow the college basketball very closely at all. Um, mad NBA, but uh, yeah, Pelican. Uh, sorry, the college here, yeah, it's a bit difficult, but uh, I was impressed, sure. you know, seven or yeah, eight minutes. I, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. And the, the other comp too has been Colin Sexton, who the issue for both of them really was the jump shot coming into college, or sorry, coming into the NBA. And Colin Sexton is playing kind of out of his mind this season already i think he's averaging like 27 points a game or something like that yeah and and the jump shot has gotten a lot better and i don't think kyra's jump shot is bad at all i mean you look at you look at the mechanics and it's fluid it's concise and i i think i think he can develop it really well and you mentioned the patience that was something I really noticed last night, too. He was not jittery. He was not all over the place. And that's something that Eric Bledsoe has pointed out, too, in, in press conferences, media sessions that he's been asked about. So he said he just needs to learn to slow it down. And in his first game, he's apparently a quick learner because he showed that patience. He was fun to watch. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I think a lot of us are that watch sports want to know what the next thing is, even when the current thing is good. But well maybe not great last night, but (laughs) I think we're very much in tune with, that's why people love the draft, right? That's why people love the NBA draft, the NFL draft, all that. That's why there's three days of the NFL draft, right? So I think that's a big part of why we're so enamored with Kyra, but I really do think that, that he'll be something solid in this league. He is a NBA point guard for sure.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Um, You know, small sample size, but, you know, if that's your first game, well, you're doing all right. <laughs> you know, I think you did, yeah, did yeah. quite well. So um, another guy we saw a little glimpse of um, was Willie Hernan Gomez. And, you know, he's been around the league a little while, hasn't played. He's always been sort of like spot minutes, maybe like just outside the rotation, just in. Um, but I thought it was a good signing when we grabbed him. You know, he's a he's a big unit. Um, could he perhaps steal a few minutes off of Jackson and Melly? Like surely... Closer to yeah, Stephen Adams. <laughs> you'd you'd think that, right? I, I'm surprised we haven't seen
2: him in an, uh, basically an actual game yet. Honestly, because Jackson Hayes has been atrocious. Mm. He has been absolutely awful. Oh, don't you credit it? <laughs> he, <yeah. laughs> Sorry, um, but it's just there has to a balance has to be struck between he needs time to develop. And he will ultimately be the reason the Pelicans lose games because we've had how many games so far, four games, and three of them were close, at least at one point. And I mean, this one was through the first quarter, but not for three quarters. So it wasn't really ever that close. And with a young team that's learning to win, understand Van Gundy, learning to win with guys like JJ Redick, Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, they're going to be in close games. And Jackson Hayes is going to be the reason they get exposed in the middle of the second and third quarter. And there's a four or five point swing that could ultimately lose the game. If not more his net rating has been. God awful. It's like so bad. One of the worst net ratings in the league. And he doesn't understand pick and roll coverage doesn't have awareness. And the one thing he's really good at is attacking the rim. And with how congested this offense is right now, the, the lack of spacing he can't provide the one thing he's good at, right? Mm. So, why is he out on the floor? Why is he out on the floor for 17 minutes?
1: Yeah.
2: At least Willie Hernan Gomez has some defensive IQ, right? Mm. And so, and I was a little perplexed by the signing at the same time because Dwayne Dedman, I think, was available at that point in time. Still is. And he's still, <laughs> exactly, still available. He, you can get him on a one year vet minimum, yeah. one year, $2.2 million. And that would put the the Pels over the luxury tax. They're like five hundred thousand dollars away from the luxury tax. Not worth it right now. But if you can do some financial finagling, maybe release some, like cut one of those guys at the end of the bench, and get a guy like a Dwayne Dedmond, I think that would that would change things enough. Uh, he's he's a good enough rim protector. And a few years ago, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I have Basketball Reference here, but. Um, I believe he shot 38% from three just a few years yeah. ago with he can splash the splash trades as well. Yeah.
1: He's with, a big with body. The Hawks. Yeah,
2: exactly. Just a big body that can protect the rim. And yes, 38% in 2018, 2019 with the Hawks played 64 games that year. So unless the rest of the league, I mean, he hasn't been signed by anybody mm. like he provides value in this league. Yeah. I I don't know if the league is seeing something that we're not or what, but, Jackson Hayes isn't, isn't the answer right now. Mm. He's just not. Do I think he needs time to develop? Absolutely. Can he do that in practice? Absolutely. Especially with Stan Van Gundy and this coaching staff. These, these guys have been in the league for a long time and, and Stan Van Gundy is known as a teacher. That's what he is. And he can teach. Uh, he can teach Jackson Hayes in, in practice and, and he can get minimal minutes, especially against teams, that aren't you know as good. He could get a lot of minutes tomorrow night against the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night in America, yeah. and uh, I wouldn't be upset by that as much because OKC, while an energetic team, isn't that good. Like they've mm-hmm. got Shea Gilgius Alexander, and Lou Dort. Like like that's it. So I would not be upset if Jackson Hayes got a lot of minutes there, i.e., like seventeen to twenty, maybe. But this this way of playing him for so many minutes it's I said it and I'm going to reiterate it because it's the point is it's going to lose the Pelicans games.
1: Mm. I completely agree with you you know that uh, even in the Spurs game when we were up what 22 and then that just evaporated because the bench came on and it's happened in every single game the bench comes on and I've been screaming down the microphone and on Twitter about Stephen Adams can he play 48 minutes but you just can't be in a position where it's such a liability when your starters go off. You cannot be in a situation like that because you will lose basketball games. And, you know, Jackson Hayes, I think is a perfect G league candidate where if that, if the league had been in its normal situation, could be down there just burning 30 minutes a night down there getting reps in, but we're just not in that situation now. Um, I completely agree. I think he needs to, He's so raw. You can see on his defensive – or when they're down setting the defense, the gears are turning, and he's sitting there going, what has Stan told me to do here? And you can see guys like pushing him out the way going, you've got to go there. You've got to push back, run there. And he's sitting there going – he's like a deer in the headlights, Um, you know. And he's got that base athleticism. I can see where the upside is, but the fundamentals are just not there. He's got a crazy upside. That's the way I've referred
2: mm. to him over the last year, basically. Yeah. We know he has a high ceiling. He just relies on his athleticism 100% of the time. And while he isn't an unreal athlete, that doesn't work in the NBA. Mm. It might've worked in Texas. He's only been playing basketball for like three or four years yeah. now. Yeah. But and that's a big reason why he doesn't have the fundamentals. If there's a coach that can get it, get that in his head, it's going to be Stan Van Gundy. But if Stan Van Gundy can't do it, I know you're the eighth pick overall, but see you later, man. It's, it's just, it won't happen if Stan Van Gundy can't do it. At least in my mind's eye.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, and it's a shame because, you know, you can see him and he's trying and and he, he goes out there, but you rely, but at the end of the day, this is a, a job before it's just playing basketball, you know, and and these guys need to go out and win games. That's where they get their money from. So I think there's going to come a point where Stan goes, I can't trust you and you can't be out there. You know, we saw it with Melly in that, um, uh, the San Antonio game. He just didn't come out. He had a terrible first couple of games and they just didn't play him. They were like, all right, we'll be better. And, you know, he came out and you know, he was <laughs> ish better, but, um, you know, I'll say he hit a
2: three, he actually hit a jump
1: shot. Yeah. Well, you know, so <laughs> <play> <laughs> 48 minutes, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Lock him in. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's playing only center. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah. yeah. It's um it's tough. So they've got to work that out. Um just overall, just a a bit of a dog's breakfast that game. Um, you know, we just watched the lead get bigger and you go, we could go on a run. And I think even a halftime are a bit optimistic, like, all right, well, we've gone down, but we could probably claw it back, you know, bite sized chunks. Then I got to like thirty points and then forty points, and you sit in there going, This is yeah, this is not great. Um yeah. <laughs> not great yeah. at all. I, I- I had my hopes
2: up a bit. I mean, like I was it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the end of the world, and it's still not the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna bounce back. I don't know if you were able to watch the the clips from the media session today, but Stan Van Gundy basically said, We're gonna watch film, we're gonna learn what we need to do differently, we're gonna move on. That's basically what he said. We're gonna get better and we're not gonna hold on to this loss. But I don't remember what my train of thought was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, the thing is, is that you you need to have these losses to then I suppose, appreciate the victories more. You can't forget them either. You need to have them there. And you say last time. So next time we come up against the Suns, it really has to be an absolute onslaught. You need to come out and say, we're going to, we're going to drop 30. We got a 30 point win on these guys. They, they laughed at us last time. They ran us out the court. The mentality, whether or not you do it, has to be: we are going to belt the absolute living daylights out of these guys. It's the
2: same thing as what the Bucs just did to the Heat. Yeah. Granted, they hit an yeah. NBA record three the amount of threes, but it should be that mentality. What I was going to say was, by the way, I, I got my train of thought back. Was that I had a little bit of hope going into that third quarter for the Sun, or sorry for the for the Pelicans against mm. the Suns because they did make a comeback against the Heat. Yeah. in that third quarter got it down to six and then it got away from them but the the Suns just have too much depth that's that's what it yeah. comes down to and the Pels just can't match it Pels just couldn't match it
1: well they were just putting a whole new five every time it was just like oh everyone come off everyone come on and, and it didn't even change all right we're gonna mix yeah. and match a bit you know Devin Booker was in foul trouble um he came off and then you're sitting there going well aren't you guys meant to be bad now like Booker's right. not on like what is this but um, yeah, yeah they're a great side I'm excited to watch a bit more of them I hadn't seen any games of them this year only in the bubble um, where we're across everything um, but uh, yeah awesome awesome side I'm excited to see them but uh, not against the Pels they can go away they can go in the <laughs> yeah. <bid. laughs>
2: yeah yeah definitely and DeAndre Ayton's nothing to, to look past either I mean mm. he is kind of regarded as the guy who was picked above Trey Young and Luka Doncic now, Mm. but he's a good player and he should have been more dominant last night, especially when Steven Adams was out, but he's a good player too. They're, they're really just
1: good from top to bottom. Yeah. And I think they actively sort of staggered his minutes. So he didn't play against Steven Adams as much, you know, there wasn't that there was some times where they put uh, Saric in on him and and try to drag Adams out against out to the three point line. And you can see that, um, but Aiton, yeah, he, if he, I was surprised he didn't drop. I don't even know what he got in the end, but it wasn't 20 and 12, I don't think. <laughs> um, uh, no. Yeah. But uh, he, he had a he's couple a more than double-double. Yes, bloke. yes, definitely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see those guys pull it all together and keep going. I mean, I, I know Kevin Harlan um, said in the broadcast at one point, he said the first four or well, three or four games for the, uh, for the Suns had been a bit clunky, but they sort of discovered it a bit against us. I suppose it helps when you don't have a defense set <laughs> <Great.
2: Yeah. laughs> or an yeah. offense to, exactly. to counteract it. But,
1: um, no kidding. Yeah. Jumping forward, we've got the, well, I suppose it's New Year's Eve they're playing, I guess, against um, the Thunder. Um, it's out in Oklahoma. Um, we're still away from, from home. What are, what are you looking for for a bit of a bounce back? What do you think um, we need to do to, to really, I suppose, lick our wounds and improve?
2: So again I think the sentiment from Stan Van Gundy today was damn near perfect. You know, watch the film, burn the tape, we know what we learned, we know what to do differently now, go forward. Two big things in this one. Pell's played a good first quarter. After that, the energy went completely flat and they were done. Energy's got to be high. Energy's got to be high. Two ball movement. Stan Van Gundy said it in prior to the game and before the Pels got absolutely blown out because the Pels are only shooting 33% from the three-point line this year. Last year, they shot the most threes in the NBA and they had a better three-point percentage than that, if I remember correctly, probably like 35. Mm. But the ball movement has to be better. Offensively, just has to be more consistent. The ball can't stay in Brandon Ingram's hands all the time. He can't. He's not going to be able to be the Pelican savior on every possession. Yeah, I agree. Zion William, Zion Williamson has to be a little, I mean, he only had two boards in this game against the Suns. He's a big part of their energy. You know, we, we talk about energy guys off the bench. Zion Williamson has to be that energy guy in the starting five because other than that, they're not going to, they're really, I mean, you're just getting a lot of consistency, which is amazing but Zion Williamson can be that energy guy. He throws down a thunderous dunk and everything changes. Right. So I think the, the those are going to be the two big things for me is, is energy and ball movement. And with energy comes engagement because Pelicans, like I said, again, before we started talking was, they looked like they played in the bubble last night. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, I mean, it's obviously not going to cut it. What did they win? Like two games in the bubble. And If you're going to play like that in the regular season, expect to lose a lot of games. I don't think Stan Van Gundy is going to let anything like that just permeate this team. I really don't. And I would like to see Willie Hernan Gomez play in some actual minutes that matter. I really want to see that, especially given that the Thunder aren't the best team in the league. They're bottom three in the West. They're, they're not very good. So I, I think this is the time to to try things like that. They are one and two, but they're—I mean, their best player, is Shea Gilgius Alexander, who I love, but their second best player is again Lou Dort. So, uh, right? and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I mean, they're, yeah. They, this is not a, a really good basketball team. They're well coached. They have some good players but this is not a team that should beat the Pelicans in the NBA. And now is the time to try Hernan Gomez in a rotation rather than Jackson Hayes. So that's what I would like to see,
1: whether it's going to happen or not. I am, I am not uh, too positive. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, the early rotation, it seems to just be a continuation, a bit of last year in that they're playing the same guys. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a, tribute to David maybe the David Griffin guys maybe the Trajan Langdon guys and they say these guys have to play such as such who knows I don't know the internal <laughs> politics of the joint but if we've got a guy like that who might show something well let's give it a go what's the worst what's the worst that happens okay he plays five minutes he's terrible we'll go and sit on a bench and we'll bring someone else in
2: <laughs> you know? right it's it's i mean it's early it's the fifth game of the season yeah and again it's against the thunder who are not good this is mm. not last year's thunder they don't have stephen adams they don't have danilo gallinari they don't have chris paul mm. they got shea gilgius alexander who is
1: awesome but that is it yeah <laughs> like, it's a full rebuild it's, it's completely rebuilding yeah. team um we need to come exactly. out and spank him like, honestly just need to come out and absolutely smash him and say look Yesterday was just a bump in the road. Today, this is the Pelicans you can expect. We're just not, we won't bow down. Oh, how'd you go? Get yeah. that in. There you go.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. um,
2: this can be a defining moment early on. Yeah. This can be a defining moment. And it's, again, fifth game. Change the change the narrative right now. Hmm. Change it. Because they have the power to do that. Stan Van Gundy has the knowledge, has the Basketball reputation to take this team and flip it on its head right now in the fifth game, and but it, the guys are gonna have to buy in. Yeah, and and I think Stan Van Gundy has already built that foundation with Brandon and Zion, and prove it. Now it's time to prove it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And one thing I'd love to see is them just not run the shot clock down and then just give it to Brandon Ingram with like half a second left, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you want an isolation play, just because your play is broken, give it to him with ten seconds, so at least you can do yeah. something. <laughs> oh, I hate
2: yeah. that. I mean, I I love the high pick and roll with Stephen Adams. Yeah. I loved the other night when they were playing the Spurs and Brandon was on the sort of between the wing and the baseline, and he had Lonzo clear out. He didn't. Yeah. I was just like, yes, yeah. Brandon. And then he hit that that pick and pop with Stephen Adams, or not pick and pop, but the uh, pick and roll, and, and he hit that yeah. jump shot. Yeah, and. I love that, but if your best spacing is out to the mid range in this NBA, that's not good enough. Teams, I mean, the uh, the Suns figured it out. They took him out of what they wanted to do, and mm-hmm. if that's going to be your only thing to rely on now, you got to build more in your repertoire as a team. Brandon Ingram has plenty of skills. Zion Williamson is more than just a bully basketball player, but you're going to have to institute that team wise, team wide, I should say, and, and because. The high pick and roll is great. Brandon Ingram going to hit that shot, but the Suns figured it out. That means everybody else can figure it out now too, because it's a copycat
1: league, right? Yeah, for sure. Work once would work yeah, 50 times. I mean, you have a look at that. Uh, I mean, the stretch fives, just about every team has one. And as soon as Stephen Adams was dragged up to the three-point line or even not just hovering around the paint, they were just driving at ease. And I think Jay Crowder splashed three of his threes because of that because he was dragged up chris paul drove and a driving kick and all of a sudden you're sitting there going we're scrambling and our defensive anchor isn't there and that's not stephen adams fault he can't leave sarich there but there has to be some sort of adjustment in that all right stephen adams is now two feet out from three point line fill that hole if you have to sag off then sag off but there, there are all these adjustments and hopefully they'll, uh, they'll look at all of that because while I, I, I love the Stephen Adams trade and I know there's all these people saying we don't need spacing, we do need spacing. You need some sort of spacing and whether or not that's all the time. And I think the starting five is beautiful, but at different times you need to have the ability to spread the floor. And currently that's just not, it's just not there. You know, you, you're replacing a like-for-like inside centre. Um, with Jackson yep. even if Jackson Hayes was serviceable he, he doesn't shoot threes and oh. Millie is that sort of guy but he doesn't eat him either so <laughs> yes no yeah he's been horrible and I mentioned
2: this I think a few days ago on the podcast is that there was a play against the Spurs where Jackson Hayes had the ball under the free throw line and Jacob Pirtle was literally under the basket and Jackson Hayes did not look to shoot it mm. he looked to throw, pass the ball elsewhere he had three or four feet of space around him and he was afraid to shoot the basketball. Yeah. What the hell? Mm. Like, you are a professional basketball player, 6'10, almost seven feet tall, and you can't just, you know, give a little floater there for us? Well, with like, freakish athleticism, is, go through him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was. It, I. <sighs> It was one of those things where you sit and you're watching TV and you're like, ah, you can't even say words because it Mm. just won't come out of you because it's so what you're watching is so insane. And that is the epitome of the lack of spacing that the Pelicans have right now. And that's why the Pels really should look at starting J. It on Twitter. And I think J.J., while he is in a cold streak, he's only shooting 29%. He has the rapport in the league, the the established name in the league of being one of the top 10 three-point shooters of all time. Mm. And so other teams are going to sag. Other teams are going to watch him on the three-point line, and he will provide at least a little more spacing to open things up for the Pelicans. And that way you get more energy off your bench and a guy like Eric Bledsoe, whether Bledsoe would buy into that or not is one thing, but I think, I think Redick would be awesome at that two guard role starting. He started before. I mean, he yeah. had just a few years ago, one of the best seasons of his career with Philadelphia and he's still in great shape. He's the best shooter off of like just the catching and screen and his ability to lean and get a shot up. I'm, I don't know that I've seen anybody else do that. And I think he would provide that for the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, completely agree. You know, his ability to uh, draw that defender, as you say, but, in a starting lineup, he's not getting the best defender. As soon as he goes on the bench, you're going, We got to shut him down. And he's shooting bad because the bloke that usually would be guarding someone like Zion or Lonzo or BI is sitting there going on him. And, you know, he's got to have to beat the best defender. Whereas at Philly, you've got Embiid, you've got Simmons. They're the first two that you're trying to lock down. Third best defender goes to him, perhaps. Otherwise, you're looking at other guys that, that were there at the time as well. And, I don't even remember who was there. They had a really good – that team was stacked. But, um,
0: you know, he
1: he thrived because he could beat these mediocre defenders. Right. And the thing is, too, when he's with that second unit,
2: you can't hide him defensively. Yeah. With the starting unit, you can because of Brandon Ingram's length, because Steven Adams is at the basket, because Lonzo is such a phenomenal defender getting in passing lanes. Mm. He's much easier to hide defensively. Because, I mean, last night with the second unit – the Suns were just going at him and trying to expose him. And for a good reason, he's small, he's yeah. older. He's not the greatest defender in the world. And the Suns knew how to expose that last night.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. That whole start of that second five was just, that was atrocious. Honestly, that was, that was no good. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are your what's your projection then from here So rest of the season we're going to do long range forecast we can see see the clouds rolling in or perhaps not maybe it's daylight maybe it's sunlight. What is your forecast for the season?
2: You know now would probably that is a really really good question Lyle I tell you <laughs> they are they're two and two you know after that third game against the Spurs, I think everybody in, in Pelican's Twitter would have been like, they're going to the finals. <laughs> like, <laughs> But uh, no, I think as currently constructed, they're probably a play-in team. Probably that 7-8-9-10 sort of range. They have the capability should they get some more spacing, should they get a four or a five that can actually protect the basket with the second unit then they start to creep up into the seven more of the seven eight sort of range but right now they're probably eight nine ten um and that's not that's not a bad thing i mean the pelicans haven't been in the playoffs since that year that they they swept the trailblazers and now I mean, coming off this last year, getting in the playoffs would be pretty good. That, and two, the Western Conference is freaking loaded. It is freaking loaded, and it's a little bit less loaded considering how bad the Warriors are now. But, I mean, for God's sake, we've just been talking about how damn good the Suns are. Like, yeah. like the Spurs are always there. The Grizzlies will get John ja Morant back eventually, even though the Pels have had their number. They're a good basketball team. I mean, the Rockets still have James Harden. They could get a haul in exchange for him. And I'm just talking fringe teams. Like, we're not even talking the Lakers, the Trailblazers, the Clippers, the Mavs, the Nuggets. Like, even the these Kings. are all teams. <laughs> I mean, the Kings, they yeah. Just beat Denver. Jockeys, triple W. Tyrese Halliburton's legit, man. And I, <laughs> I- you yeah. know, I-, I love De'Aaron Fox. I just got saying I'm done saying how much I like Tyra Lewis. I love De'Aaron Fox. I yeah, him coming out of the draft. But the the West is loaded, and I-, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for them to get a play-in game. playing games that they could win. Because, you know, any given night, the old mantra, any given night, the Pels can steal one. And They are a good basketball team, but they've got stuff to figure out.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I think, yeah, I I think the playing team and and everyone I've spoken to actually has been like, yeah, that's probably where we are. You know, we could sneak in perhaps if we figure it out, but otherwise the West is just – all the teams we're meant to be better than have all been like, yeah, we're getting better as well. And you're like, oh, oh, I didn't know that could happen. happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly it's uh it's crazy but we'll see how we go elliot thank you very much for your time it's been awesome uh having a chat to you and appreciate you you jumping on uh where can we find you can you give you your show a shout out and yourself on twitter that'd be fantastic
2: for sure lyle so i'm elliot Clough, one l and one c and elliot and Clough is c l o u g h it's like rough and tough that'll help you out and then the show is pelicans plus that's pelicans like new orleans pelicans and then plus like a plus sign and that'll be on apple podcast spotify google play everywhere um so you can find that there and then i write for boot crew media as well and that's just bootcrewmedia.com and you can find everything that i just mentioned on my twitter again it's at elliot Clough, e-l-i-o-t
1: c-l-o-u-g-h guys hit it up this guy is legit like i mean (laughs) honestly i love what you're putting out um yeah all over it love your podcast um yeah, you're killing it, mate. And I appreciate you jumping on and uh, and sharing some insights with us. It's been fantastic. Looking forward to listening to the Ollie podcast that you'll be putting out. Well, is it out yet? Or is soon? Yes. Yeah, it's out now. So yep, I'll be jumping on to that. Yeah, this afternoon. It'll be good. For sure. Looking forward to that. <laughs> for sure. Um, Anytime,
2: Lyle. I appreciate you having me on, man.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much. We'll uh we'll talk soon. Absolutely. How good was that? Thanks again to Elliot for joining us at Elliot Clough on. Twitter, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. Cluffers is in rough, he said. Make sure you go and give him a follow. Pelicans Plus is his podcast. Boot Crew Media is where you can get all of his writings as well. Guys, as always, make sure you go and check out hoop ballcom for everything going on over there. Get a fantasy uh, pass. Look after yourselves. I'm at Lyle Bank. This is a Pelican Scoop at Hoopball Pels on Twitter. Happy New Year. I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. This has been a
2: Hoopball presentation.